And you can hear me? Yes. And I can hear you. All right. Then, here we go. Uh, right into it. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is the We the People podcast by 13 Stars. I'm Nick Matson. I'm here today with Brian Williams, our editor, our managing editor for the newspapers here. Uh, he's running uh, the managing editing for Atascadero News, Paso Robles Press, uh, uh, Paso Robles Magazine, Colony Magazine, Morro Bay Life, Avila Beach Life, and um, whatever ex accessory um, items we come up with, uh, new projects and things, and also the two websites that we uh, have, atascaderanews.com and pastorobblespress.com. So that sounds like a, a full plate, Brian. How's, yeah. How, are you surviving? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm hanging in there. It, it's yeah it's a struggle but yeah I'm i mean it. yeah it's that's that's what it is i mean we're in, we're in the news business right and and in the print business and we we do um fifty thousand about fifty thousand pieces of print uh mailed out every month it's a pretty big wow. operation i didn't know it was that many that's, yeah yeah that's you know, when you when okay. yeah when uh, we were going over i just see the pages so yeah exactly like okay there's <laughs> 12 pages in this one, right. 16 pages in that one, yeah. you know, 36 pages in the other one. But then, yeah, when you see them all stacked up and when you see that bill from the post office, that's when you know it's real. Yes. Yeah. I remember that uh, from before, from before you guys took it over. It was uh, seeing the bill, seeing that bill and that go out. Yeah, it was. It, it's large. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And and with the uh, the magazines are where where most of that comes from and mm -hmm. and we've got a uh, good you know, 7 8 grand just in magazines that go out uh every month and uh just in in post office. So, when we had the uh few weeks, 3 weeks ago, there was a big uh hoo-ha about uh the post office and things happening at the post office and delays and all of this and and uh you know, we knew from the fact that we do 50,000 monthly, um, in a, and it was w with the election idea, the, the mail-in mm -hmm. ballots and everything, and, and we knew that we do uh, 50,000 pieces of mail every month, and that's our business, and so if they can handle 50,000 uh, items a month there, I'm sure they can handle a few ballots coming in. Uh, so we had, you know, we had all the confidence in the world while, while it seemed like uh, a lot of news outlets and maybe maybe it's just a factor that we still mail and and a lot of these news outlets that were covering the the post office they're just online digital only at this yeah. point maybe and and their their team doesn't really know that the mail still goes through yeah yeah no it, it's it seems like it's shocking for some people that that's still a process and it works yeah it has worked and I, you got to give them a lot of credit, the the, the post office for doing fifty thousand, like it's no big deal. Yes, yeah, no, they, I, I don't, they step up and they do it, and it, I don't see that it's any any problem, and I don't foresee any problems with, with the election. I mean, other, yeah. other areas have done it by strictly by mail for years and haven't had, right, haven't heard anything. Right, yeah, it's it's so we're. Yeah, it's going to be uh, and it's it's been an interesting 2020 and we still have a, an election to come through. So it's going to continue to be interesting for another two and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. Super. 
really, really interesting. I'm looking forward to, to seeing how this is all going to play out over the next couple of months because, you know, if you, if you listen to people and what they're saying, this has been building up since 2020 began. This has been the buildup and what right. the crescendo is kind of coming on November 3rd. And so we'll, it's we'll it's see. hard being I mean, it's hard being in the news business when everything's politicized and, and yeah. you put out uh, a, a news article and every every side of it sees things a little bit differently. And you're just we're just trying to put out the news. Right. Yeah. Now, that, that's been probably the toughest part. I think this this year is just being when you put something out there and it's one side's going to take it in a different direction and another side's taking it in another direction. And it's a big tug of war yeah, over information. You're, you're like, where did that where did that come from? I mean, it's it's just, yeah. you know, you're just trying to put out the fact that as you know it at that time. And, you know, it's amazing where it goes from there. And it, yeah, and it can be a little frustrating. As Social well. media has, has caused that mm -hmm. indeed to be a, a little a little more disheartening than, you know, a lot of. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, being in the, the news business, it, there's a lot of um, a lot of our payment comes from gratification and and uh, and satisfaction that people appreciate what we do. And so being in a, a, a year where uh, there's coronavirus uh, protests, um, riots and an election all in one year and one of the most um, combative elections, maybe in, you know, I think. I think 2016 was was interesting as far as an election goes because Donald Trump was a he was a uh, out of left field type of yeah. you know no no holds barred plays by his own rules type of thing and nobody really knew how to take it yeah and then when he won now it's like well that you know it's it's a more serious uh, yeah. threat yeah. right now right. and so it's like okay we can't. Now everything's hyper serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. It, it's, it's been a uh, yeah. Because he came from I, I did not expect him that night when the election results came out in 2016. I was shocked. Yeah, I, I didn't see that coming at all. And, but then you know it happened, and we're here and going through it and. Yeah, and, and now this year, yeah, it seems like it's become just ultra, ultra serious for people that, hey, whoa, we can't, we can't. Right, the possibility that he wins again is, yeah, is, is very real and, and not imaginary at this point. So right. it's like, wait, every bit of information that gets put out there is put out through a spectrum of uh, a lens of does this help my candidate or their candidate? Mm -hmm. And, and that's tough to do when you're dealing with the pandemic uh that is unprecedented yeah yeah i was uh i i was i earlier i was thinking trying to think back you know what what can i compare this to because when i started in journalism back in 1999 98 um full-time the first thing one of the first big things that i covered was y2k right you know and Back then, it was like everything's gonna come to an end. Right, the world's ending, and I remember my dad was a, a computer programmer yeah. by trade, so <laughs> that was he. He had to go through every line of code in his his stuff. Yeah, so I I remember getting an assignment, go down to this church that I'd never heard of, like it, I think it was called the End of Times Church. Perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they were there <laughs> calling for. That was what they were saying. 
Yeah. When Y2K hits, it's over. Right. So you better live your life the best that you can in this short amount right. of time that right. we got left. And here's the straight and narrow path. Yeah, Get on it. I had to write. I remember writing short. that story and going, "Whoa, this is what this is what it's about. This is Y2K." And yeah, and and this year is well past that. And as far as I'm concerned, I, I've yeah, never I, seen anything like this, and I probably will never go through anything again like this. I, I hope I don't. Right. I mean, it, right. it, it has been a whirlwind, and I, I had the perspective that I got to experience the pandemic in another state, in Oregon. I, yeah. I spent three months in Oregon right at the beginning of the pandemic. Right, from March to, through June. Yeah, March through March June, through June. Um, in a, a small community of about 6,000 people. The most of the population is, I would say, senior citizen age. That people go there to retire. That that's what that community is. Okay. Um, and it's in southern Oregon, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. It's like Big Sur on steroids. Steroids. That that's kind of what. I, nice. So that's Brookings, Oregon. Brookings, for everybody who doesn't yeah, know, if Brookings. you want to take a vacation to Big Sur on steroids, yeah, Brookings, yeah. Oregon. And that is, it's only like 20 minutes north of the California border. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. On what, what they call the Lost Coast, kind of that okay. Lost Coast area. Yeah. And it kind of suits it. People kind of go up there and I think they just kind of get lost and can lose themselves. And Yeah. But seeing the pandemic through that kind of community where it's you know, people are older and, you know, they are in that high risk category. It was, they were worried about every little thing and they, and were they, they also were ready to set up roadblocks to not let people outside of the community in. Right. So. Well, that, that was my question. As far as their financial stability goes, it, you know, being that they're retired, they already have their, they don't need to go to work. Right. I mean, that for, right. for the most part, most of that community was, it was ready to hunker down and they could do that for six to 12 months really easily. Right. Yeah. The, the only thing that the people that were going to work with, you know, for tourists, though that industry yeah. got hit pretty hard cause they weren't right. able to, to open up. But the, the one grocery store, the one major grocery store up there was doing very well. And, right. And surprisingly the, well, not, maybe not surprise, not surprisingly the liquor stores and all of that right. kind of industry. They, they did very well through this whole thing up there. Yeah. So. No, there was there's a run on uh, necessities. Um, yeah. Your your wipes, your sanitary wipes, your toilet paper, your paper towels, and probably the liquor store, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. But so when I left up there, there were six. They had they had had six total cases. Okay. And each one of them was a major major story breaking as story. As it went through the community. Yeah. You know, to come down here where there were hundreds. Right. It was a little bit, you know, it was, it was different, very different. And to see how the communities kind of went through it, you know, it was when I came here, the numbers were very low. Um, yeah, I think the, the community in San Luis Obispo County, you know, really hunkered down in that first uh, phase, you know, through kind of May. Um, and before, you know, the numbers started to increase, um, the the outlier of our of our case counts has always been past Robles yeah. and, and you have, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it just, they have double the cases of anybody else in the area. They're like 800 abouts right now. And, and the closest person is in the four hundreds, I think. And Atascadero is a little less than that, about three fifty, three forty right now. Um, 
but yeah, they're definitely, um, I think a more of a frontier pioneering attitude, maybe in Pastor Robles where they're, they're taking it, um, a little more cavalier that they, they the, uh, the Friday night cruise nights, you know, they started doing that up there. They were having, um, freedom rallies and, and they had a freedom rally, <clears throat> excuse me, like three days before Penny Bornstein was going to announce the slow opening plan, reopening plan. So it was like, I was, I was just concerned about the numbers because the numbers at that point were very low, but they were, it was all about the numbers and, and meeting the criteria of the state to, in order to be able to reopen. And the numbers were so tight at that point and they've definitely loosened up a bit, but they were so tight at that point that Paso Robles by itself was over the entire county's allotment for coronavirus cases. And then they were having a freedom rally three days before <laughs> it's like, one of those things just can you just wait right. till the next week let's yeah. just see where we're at and and uh -huh. but it's been interesting having to deal with uh with a, a disease that that were we all put put us all on our heels and and uh, try to come out of it still uh, i i hesitate to really dive into any particular part of coronavirus because it's the like we talked about the politicization of it is is one thing and then we have um you have doctors around the world and around the united states that all have their own opinion on how to even treat it yeah. how to care about it what to what to think about it um i i was always very impressed by penny borenstein um, and her approach um, she was always very steady she always she had our community in mind, San Luis Obispo in mind all the time um, and balancing the health risk that we faced and the economic risk that we faced and always trying to walk that line to make sure that she was meeting the needs of both sides as a as a, a steward of our our public health. I, I was very impressed with her. She I think she was a world class leader um, through through May until um, the governor stepped in. Um, and decided he, he was going to uh, mandate the the entire state. Um, I thought she did really well. Yeah, no, I would agree. And she's been very impressive since I've been here. Yeah. Um, but you can tell that, yeah, she's her hands are tied. There's not a lot that she can really do. Right. And I, I, I think you can see the frustration and hear the frustration when she does those weekly kind of updates, you know. Yeah. And and she just, you know, she's a, she's definitely a good one. She's um, so experienced. Like her, yeah. she, she dealt with the AIDS crisis in, in New York and different, different things um, in her previous experience before coming here. And we were, we're just very fortunate to have a leader like that and, um, and somebody, but then, you know, when, when her hands do get tied, I, I felt, felt like that when I saw after they had announced the slow opening plan, the start plan that the governor came out and said that's a great plan but we're going to do things the way that i'm you know that our team has mandated across the state and i just saw her just get deflated for the fact that even if she is her her medical experience and her credentials are as as good as any out there you know mm -hmm. so when you have when you have somebody who's a top level professional in their field this is what they know this is what they do and then they're told well, all your experience and your and your 
on the scene knowledge yeah. is secondary to something that we're going to go ahead and mandate outside of the area where now we're dealing with the same parameters as Los Angeles and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And she knows, well, this is what's best for San Luis Obispo County, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, th- I saw that happen and it really I, you saw the deflation and, and like what you discussed, the frustration of that. It's tough. So just a, a shout out to Penny Bornstein yeah, and Wade definitely. Horton for all the work they put in. I mean, the, yeah. the preparation they did to get the start guide up to, to speed and ready for us to reopen our economy. That was back in May. We're in September now. That is a, a good four months of uh yeah, you can't of, help but wonder what it would have been like if they had been able to yeah, put have that more, plan in Have more local and, control yeah. and, and really be able to dedicate themselves to it. Because they, they stood up there. They took tough questions. Um, Penny Bornstein always answered straight from the hip on everything. She was very direct. She knew her, her information. Yeah. Um, she never had to refer to notes and never, uh, never really I, – I, w- I watched that whole scene – from our local to you know the health director in Los Angeles to the health director in at the state um, and the uh, Sonia Angel um, who had uh, who resigned over uh, or was let go of up there. However, that uh, actually happened um, about a month ago when there was some some results issues at the state level, um, and then I also watched the national level and the international level, and I watched everybody's. Um, how they they approached, how they uh, they dealt with the, their crisis and and their um, their messages to the public, and I just was so impressed at how steady and consistent our and I just was like, this is we ha- are so fortunate to have her. So when she, her hands got yeah. tied, it was you know just an, another uh, ode to to Penny Borenstein for being there for us as a San Luis Obispo County. Uh, Health, public health director would you know we we don't want to lose you penny and and we want you yeah. to stick stick around because we we are in good hands um so so then you know now we're we're kind of moving into a phase where things are reopening we have a new color-coded system in california uh where we're moving i i was a little bit yeah i i don't have a high esteem at this point for our governor and the way he's handled this and then he he came out and i was just like of course that he said that you know he put together a color-coded system it goes from like purple to yellow and he says we we didn't put a green in there because green means we would go back to the way we were and we'll never go back to the way we were it's just like that is not (laughs) that i i don't know who told you to say that but i you know i don't i don't know that things are oding voting well for the governor at this point but we're moving on i mean we're we're coming together as a community and making sure that we're doing what we need to do new information comes out and we just deal with it so at this point what's um what is your take on how our county is doing our our city of tascadero paso robles how are we doing in terms of getting this under control from a from a journalistic standpoint um it feels like the county um I think recently the county's headed in a good direction as far as getting to the next tier. Uh, we still have a ways to go. We're aver- averaging probably about 30 new cases a day. We probably we need to be at under 20 to get okay. to get to that to next that parameter. One. Yeah. But there was a time when we were up over 50. I mean, right there in right. probably July, August, or most of July. So I think we're heading in that dir- good direction there. Um, 
Paso's numbers recently are not sky, not the huge numbers that they once were. They have a couple every day. Atascadero has been, they're actually third highest in the county now, where before they were third and fourth. Or So their numbers have kind of spiked through uh, July and August. Um, but I think now you're seeing those numbers come down. So I think... I think we're headed in the right direction, but I think like Penny said yesterday, it's going to take everybody working together, right. doing the things that they need to do to get this, to get that one number down. It's the new cases per 100,000. Right. That's the one that we need to get down. The other number is, is, is in the next, it's two tiers up. So this one is just, is, is holding just, us back. Yeah. But yeah. So, but otherwise, you know, it feels like, um, and it, and I cover Paso mainly, but so I've seen and talked to their businesses. Um, what, a lot of things have come on for them. Like the city has put barriers out into the streets so that restaurants can yeah. have more capacity. And, you know, I, I, when I drive around, I see people eating outside and taking advantage of that. And we were there um, a so. couple of days ago and the park or the area around the park is as packed as mm -hmm. you could ever imagine. It was, you know, it was weird. Yeah. I asked, um, Haley when she thought that the, the parking, um, the parking permitting and, and the parking fees were going to go back into place because they, they took out uh, Paso installed, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, parking meters and then when coronavirus hit they they abandoned that process for the time being um so we're almost to the to the point where they they're going to reinstall those the uh the parking fees and yeah yeah but it's it's packed it's busy up there and and they did a, a good job it looks i don't know i don't know how how this will change maybe um the way that we dine i know that you can't keep those barriers up in the um, in the parking areas and the parking lots, uh, parking spaces where they are now around the park in Paso. But uh, I'm sure that some people who have moved kind of outdoors and expanded their space are going to get used to that and go, we're mm -hmm. going to keep this. I know in, in Morro Bay, um, the galley, um, great place to eat. If you've never eaten there, the galley on the Embarcadero uh, and the what they did was take up some of their sidewalk space and they actually installed glass barriers around. Um, and I'm sure that they're going to leave theirs up. Hmm. I mean, it just look, it, it's a, a permanent installation if they want to leave it there and, um, and it expands their dining room area from, it might even double it. They have a very small restaurant. It's, yeah. it's a it's top of the top of the line food and, and it's sometimes you can't get in. <laughs> so for them to be able to add the 30 more, seats to that you know some of these restaurants are going to you know want to take advantage of that as we go um when you are an announcing information and and news now uh, publishing news regarding coronavirus what's what are some of the things that you look for to go okay this is newsworthy and this is not newsworthy where are we at in the newsworthiness of of all of that yeah so at the beginning i think you know everything was news you know, so right. everything that came out, every little piece that we could get out there, we were we were putting it out there. And I think as we've gone on, um, 
you know, for, from my standpoint, we really are looking at, you know, what, what, what is important? What, what, what needs to be out there? We don't need to put every little piece of information out there. It, it's, you know, those kind of first time things or things that are updating or changing, you know, th those types of things like the new tier plan that obviously needed to be reported on. Right. Um, the, cause, cause even the County has changed the way that they're doing things. They were writing press releases about everything and putting those online, but they've, they've even shifted to, okay, we're just gonna, to reporting those types of things on Twitter now. Right. And so only if it's something that's really important, do they send out a press release and, I think for, for us, you know, that kind of makes sense to make sense to me. And right. We have context now mm -hmm. where we're, when we, when this all started, we didn't have context. So everything yeah. was a part of building that context. And, and now we have that, uh, the, the CDC came out with, uh, some, you know, what some people thought was a revelation of information where 6% of the deaths were COVID only, uh, COVID-19 only. And then 94% of the deaths of, uh, and so that was 9,500 about, and then there was, you know, the rest of the deaths, which was about 145,000 um, deaths were uh, COVID related with comorbidities of an average of 2.6 comorbidities. So now putting that in context too, when we knew that um, the, the news that came out the first month, the first week before it even hit the, the shores of, of California and the United States, we were told this is affecting people with underlying conditions and the elderly. And we kind of knew that. And, and I had told Haley when, when we started to see that here when, in March, when we had to face a shutdown of the schools and a shutdown of, of basically, it was just kind of a, a toppling of, of our social norms. Um, you know, I told her that we're going to, we're going to shut down and, and damage an economy um, for a small number of, of people. But that's what we're going to do as a society. We're choosing to do that consciously uh, because we cared. We cared to make sure that we didn't get anybody who was elderly or, mm -hmm. or uh, with comorbidities, um, what they were, you know, they use comorbidities or underlying conditions um, synonymously. But we, we did that and and it, it worked really well that we had that spike and we're kind of coming through that spike now. Um, so we went from, you know, having one death, you know, and then there was this spike and now we're at, I think, 20 deaths um, as the county um, and those. So they and and that's when you go back to the those conversations that some of those doctors have had and and some of the doctors um, or even the health experts saying there's not enough conversation about being healthy. And, and what you're doing, because those, those comorbidities are what puts you in the most danger, you know, hypertension, heart disease, cancer. There's, there's all these things that people, maybe they had accepted as, oh, this is just, you know, part of getting older. But then come coronavirus, it's like, uh, you know, kind of a brush fire in a sense where, wait, am, am I healthy enough to survive, a, uh, you know, something that for most people is going to be mild yeah. symptoms. And, and so they're going to, then the CDC said, you know, the, the 
symptoms are going to be mild. They're going to, you can recover from home. If you feel like you need a test, they are saying tests are not necessary at this point, but if you need one, go to a doctor and get one. So unless you have comorbidities and underlying conditions that put you in a a place of danger. So I wonder if this is going to at all, because I feel like, I feel like it's not going to wake people up to their health conditions. (laughs) Like they're going to go, Oh, you know, but I want my, you know, I want my cigarette or I want my, my, you know, junk food, or I want my, you know, I don't want to do that extra exercise, whatever it is that people aren't going to shift, but maybe there will be. And that's, I think that would be, this is a a litmus test for that, you know, because in the end you're, you have to take care of you. You have, you're the one who is, is doing the exercise. You're the one who's um, eating the food you're eating and, and that kind of thing. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. It, and and Penny addressed the, the CDC thing yesterday in her, in the briefing. Yeah. And, you know, basically said that it was, you know, that this was a nothing new. This is information that we've been saying and right. talking about since they really had been saying now, it for. Yeah. But if you have an underlying condition and get COVID right. that you're in. That was the interesting part serious. is, is it was, it was on the CDC website. It, it took off like a wildfire yeah, yeah. and people are like, Oh, look at this they new information. Has, but it's like, that's the same information. Interpreting it. Yeah, yeah. That's the same information we yeah. had before people got off the cruise ships, you yes. know, and, and, yeah. uh, all over the world. This is, this is the very first thing we heard is this is, a, yep. this is, and we go back to that. What a weird time that was when we first heard about it and, uh, the coronavirus in Wuhan, China, and watching the cruise ships that had people on it and these yeah the people who were driving the buses were decked out in in hazmat suits yeah. you know yep. like that was where that was yeah. at at first it was hazmat suits yeah. full body um and you're it was like that scene from et yeah like everybody was coming yeah. in and, and we've come a long way from there yeah yeah i had a friend her parents were on one of those cruise ships what tell us about did did they explain what that was like for them? I, I could imagine that's just like I mean, the most nerve wracking. Yeah, she she didn't have much communication with her parents, yeah. so she was just you know she was scared and worried, and you know she kept hearing oh they're just kind of confined to their rooms, they can't do anything, and right it just went on and on, and she you know the longer it went, she got this friend of mine got more scared and more scared, and then finally when they let everybody off. She was like, yes. Okay. Right. Safety, you know, cause their parents were fine and yeah, it, it was all good for them. But yeah, yeah that, was, that was a scene to see, you know, they're not coming. They're staying Well, there you had those cruise ships that were like, where do we dock? And, right. and, and people are like, don't, don't come, come here, here. <laughs> stay, you know, go down. So they, you know, there was San Diego or LA ended up and you know, Monterey had one in their, their bay for a while. It was, uh, it was a scene, and 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 then after that, then you had cases coming into you know the U.S. and it was it was interesting. We're we're definitely um, we know a lot more. We kind of we're we know it's not as dangerous as it was, you know, at first may have been. Yeah. And and now it's just about and it's it's washing your hands, making sure you're right. not spreading things. And if you're you know same stuff. I mean, it's, right. it's that's the insane thing for yes. me is like it's the yeah. same thing we did at the beginning. Yeah. If you're sick, stay home. If you have underlying conditions, care for yourself. Wash your hands. Yeah. And if you absolutely have to wear a mask, I know masks are, are like the the big thing right yeah. now. But yeah. but the reality, like that's why I loved Penny because she was always she was always on point with that. It says if you have yeah. to wear a mask. She continues to say it, and I mean every time she gets up there, yeah. it's like. 
this is what you guys got to do. It's not, I mean, it's not yeah. a secret. Right, right. I'm not, there's no so secret. So whether it's, this. whether there's 50 cases a day <laughs> or whether there's six cases a day, you do the same thing. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I'll sit, so we're, we're really happy all together to get, uh, to get going back in the uh, right direction here. So, um, you know, as far as, um, everything else, um, what are you looking forward to the most in getting, um, getting the, everything, all the news cycle back going the right direction? And, and what are you looking forward to covering that's kind of the normal that we've lost through all yeah, of this? Yeah. So for me, I'm definitely looking forward to covering events again. I mean, seeing people get out and do things and be a part of those kind of community, the things that are integral in a community yeah. over the years. And, you know, it's kind of, feels like we're not going to have any of that for a year which you know when you talk to people they remember well there were times during the war when we didn't do any stuff anything like this right kind of right. everything went on hold and so it kind of goes back to that but for me yeah i want to get out and cover people and go to the communities and and be able to shake their hands and be confident yeah. about that or high five and do all that you know right that type of thing and not have to worry about you know those type of things. And so for me, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Um, and just, you know, being at going back to school and seeing people in the classroom doing the projects that they've been doing and right. Not having to do that in front of a computer at home, you know, being a part of that community again, I think is something that I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, just kind of on a personal note, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is seeing theaters open again right. so that I can go back and watch a movie inside the theater. Yeah. Or, I mean, we Watching a premiere yeah. of an Avengers movie or yeah. a Marvel movie right. in the theater is, is an experience you cannot replicate. Uh, just one of those fun things. And, yeah. and uh, we can't, you we're can't really replicate it now if you have to be six feet apart in the theater. Yeah, we're going, going to a music going concert. Concerts, yeah. Going yeah. to a, community theater and seeing those things yeah and, i mean there's all that type of thing has just kind of been put on hold or changed and you know watching it virtually is is great but there's nothing like being there and being a part right. of that you know yeah the experiential yeah. lifestyle that we had become accustomed to yeah uh, so you know, hopefully with everybody out there just keep washing your hands yes Keep your distance, social distance, and if you're sick, stay home. If you have, uh, if you or someone you love has underlying conditions, take care of them. Make sure that they are are well taken care of. Uh, we want these, um, all of our numbers, all of our our lifestyle to get back to a place where we can enjoy our neighbors again. And and uh, Brian, thank you very much for coming on. Um, it's yeah. a pleasure having you back. Welcome back to California. Yeah, it's, it's uh, good. Yeah, I'm glad. Good. We're glad to have you. Yeah, it's uh, and we'll uh, our podcast um, can be found at Anchor FM um, or YouTube um, and at WeThePeopleCast.com. We do these daily uh, special guests Tuesday, th uh, Wednesday, and Thursday, and uh, we look forward to seeing you for our next one tomorrow. And uh, y'all just be good humans and have a great day. <laughs>